Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Who else has tried FabFitFun? If you don't already know what it is, it's a seasonal box with full-size, yes, a full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. The box I receive is so incredible. Each season box features a variety of amazing quality brands, you guys, like Tarte, Kate Somerville, Free People. I mean, I could go on and on. That's just the beginning of it. These are incredible boxes. They make an incredible gift, but you don't want to miss out. They sell out super-duper fast. Head over to fabfitfun.com and use code KIM so that you can save $10 off your first box making it only $39.99. And you guys, it usually retails obviously for $49.99, but has a value of over $200. Anyways, you guys head over to fabfitfun.com and use code Kim. Podcast One presents House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Bierman. Join Kim, her husband, and six children as she shares her journey to success and the positive mentality that brought her there. Come on in and make yourself at home. Now, here's your host, Kim Zolciak Bierman. Hi, you guys. Welcome to this episode of House of Kim. Well, I've never been fucking happier in all my life to you be have. back home. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty damn happy. I've never been so happy. Our house smelled so good when we walked in. It's so clean. We have space. I have cold water, cold Diet Coke. I'm stoked. Yeah. What do you think? How'd you feel when you first walked in? Except exhausted. And we'll tell you guys all about our problem and incident with Delta. No, I felt, uh, yeah, definitely a sense of like relief and like. Like we actually made it. Yeah. Like we actually made it. We made it. Like shocking to me. We made, I made it, I guess is what, which is like, more I would make it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really impressed with how everything other than one thing went, you know, mm-hmm. one, one big thing, which caused a major, major headache, you know, but, but other than that, I, I mean, it's a lot, smoother. it's a lot to have eight, nine people in an RV using the same restroom, dra- you know, driving six, seven hours, eight hours at night, the whole thing. I mean, anyways, but you know what? It was an experience I'm so thankful for. And I really loved being with the whole fam in such a small space because I slept wonderful, which I'm sure I've stated in the last few podcasts. But let me tell you guys, so what happened Sunday? We are scheduled to leave Los Angeles on Saturday. We took like a 3.30 flight, which I tend to do that because I can grab lunch with our friends and then we can head out. But I also am aware that the there's only one more flight before the red eye um, if something was to happen or I miss that flight or something. So, and my cardiologist, like I think I've told you guys in the past as well, but he does not recommend anybody taking the red eye. Red eye. 
you know, you're less likely to get up and walk. You're less likely to drink 20 ounces of water an hour like you're supposed to. You're more dehydrated. Um, so it just kind of sets yourself up for a disaster. So he really doesn't want anybody on, especially somebody like myself. I had the stroke right after the red eye, right after like 45 minutes after I landed from a red eye. So um, I can vouch for what he's saying. But with that being said, you know, at least I should probably next time like pick the one o'clock or something. So there's two more options. But anyway, so we get to the airport and I don't know about you guys. I very rarely ride an Uber. Croy's my Uber, as you guys know from Housewives, which everybody thought was so funny, which is so fucking weird. But anyway, our Uber driver, he had to be one of the worst. So anyways, we need two Ubers because there's so many of us. And um, so the girls went in one with the luggage and then all the littles and Croy and I in another. So we get to the airport and we have about an hour to spare, but I don't know if you guys have clear or not, but like in, at LAX, it really is fantastic. In Atlanta, it doesn't make, doesn't make a bit of difference if you have clear. They don't give a shit. You're in the same long line as everybody else. They don't even care if you're first class in Atlanta. You're just in the line. You know, it's just like chaos. But at LAX, I know that clear works. The people there are so efficient. So anyways, I'm not stressed. We have an hour. So we're outside. Now, Bravo had booked our tickets or whatever home and whatnot. So we're outside doing curbside checking in. And the guy says, oh, you know, gosh, you're, you're four little ones here. They are considered an unaccompanied minor the way that they were booked. And I'm like, what? So he said, we can't check them in out here. We have to go inside. I'm like, okay. So me, the dog, all the kids, Croy, we head inside. And we go right to the front. You know, we're, we're all in first class except for two of us because they were sold out. So Brielle and Ariana went to, uh, what is it, Delta Comfort or whatever. And they were in the first row of Delta Comfort. And that only matters for the story I'm about to tell you. So the lady says, oh, I see you guys have a dog. Do you have the paperwork filled out? Well, no. I mean, we have a letter and stuff like that that we need for the dog, but we don't have like any paperwork. And I guess it's a new thing for Delta that you have to fill out paperwork give all this information, whatever. Lady said, you know, you have to do it online or whatever, but did she print it out for you? At this point, I said to Corey, hey, listen, you do the paperwork. I'm going to go ahead and go through security, get all the kids through security, and then that way we can, you know, and then I'll catch up with you or whatever. He's like, yeah, cool. So we go through security, and I mean, I'm telling you guys, it is 20 bags deep that still have to be searched, and then there's at least... I don't even know. I mean, it was chaos. It was backed up. So the clear line was clear. There oh, was no. oh yeah. Line. I went right through clear, but I'm saying right. when I went to go through security itself right. and have my bags checked, it was real backed right. up. Right. They only had one line servicing yep. like three different lines. Yeah. It was insane. Merging into one. one. Yeah. And so it was very, very backed up. Very there. backed so up. People were, people were going through the detector and then there was this huge crowd just standing there waiting for their bags. Huge crowd. I mean, at least 30 people deep waiting for their bags to come off the thing. And like, more than normal were getting like into the second check area. So either their machine was like not calibrated right or something was going on because it was like kicking every bag to Yeah, something was bizarre. To the like secondary check where they had right. to like search every one of these bags. So it was it was like really nuts and backed up. Yeah, it was nuts. So our bags go through and by the grace of God, none of them were pulled over to the side to get checked. So I grabbed the bags, Braille and I'm like, mom, come on, come on. So I hand my makeup bag to Cash. He's trying to be helpful. And he snaps both my nails in half because they're stuck in the chain. And I'm like, oh my God. So now I'm on the floor looking for my nail. You guys, I swear to God. And this gentleman found one of them. And then the pinky nail was still kind of sitting on top of the makeup bag. And the guy handed me the nail. Now that I'm saying that, that's like so fucking weird. <laughs> and you know what I do? I stand there and I glue the fucking nail right then and there. 
like a knucklehead. I know that you guys can definitely relate with this story. How about my kids have completely ruined my nanny's rug in her kitchen from juice to crayons to paint. I mean, you name it, they have destroyed it. So I went online and was trying to find a rug that would really work for her kitchen. And I came across ruggable rugs. They're machine washable. I told Croy this, right? Yep. And I had, I was so skeptical. I didn't believe her. Yeah. I, I needed an eight by 10 rug for actually for her kitchen area, believe it or not, the way that we built her apartment. Um, that was her big area that she wanted to be the biggest, I should say. Anyways, so we got an eight by 10 rug and that even fits in the washer and dryer. So Corey and I had a little bet and I got a massage out of the deal. So I'm happy. But anyways, you guys, that's ruggable with two G's. They have a patented two piece system with high quality, soft, low pile rugs that cling to a non-slip, easily removable pad. You guys, so easy. I was so excited to unroll it. We did like a gray and creamish white modern pattern for her that matched her kitchen. All ruggable rugs are resistant to spills and stains. Pour coffee, wine, juice, just about anything without any stress. And they're non-toxic, making them completely safe for your kids and your pets. Check out their designer created styles ranging from boho chic to traditional and modern. And they're all made in the U.S. Head over to myruggable.com slash Kim. That's my R-U-G-G-A-B-L-E two G's dot com slash Kim and get 15% off your order and free shipping will automatically be applied to your purchase. But this offer is only applied if you go to myruggable.com slash Kim. Ruggable, washable, livable, lovable. So anyways, we are running to the gate. Uh, it's not that far. Get to the gate. The lady's like, you know, hey, you guys, so glad you made it, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, we're holding the plane for Corey. We know we had to fill out some paperwork or whatever. No big deal. Um, you know, enjoy your flight. Great. So we all, I'm in first, we're in first class rows one, two, and three. I get everybody buckled, obviously four little ones. I take the, f- the first row. I put my makeup bag in my seat or whatever. And just as I'm getting everybody like situated, Kai's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, Kai, can you hold it? You know, and because there's kind of everybody moving around and getting situated and it's pretty quiet on the plane. But Kai's like, no, mom, you know, I really have to go. So I take her up to the first class bathroom, right, which is only like four feet away, if that. And I open the door and I, you know, put toilet paper down and what I actually used to, uh, paper towels <laughs> down on the toilet. And then she sat down. And so I kind of left the door open or whatever. And Cash and KJ started to cry a little bit because they're like, we don't want to leave without daddy. I don't want to go without dad. And so I kind of like walk away from the door a little bit, the, the bathroom door with it open. And there was two flight attendants that were kind of, I think, getting food ready or something. And nobody else is coming on the plane. Everybody's already on the plane. Our flight was already delayed 45 minutes. Um, the airport was pretty chaotic. So... I said, you guys, KJ, like, just relax. We're not going to leave without daddy. It's not that big of a deal. Just relax. We're, he'll get here. Don't worry about it. So the flight attendant's like, hey, Kim, you have to stay like right next to the door. And I was like, okay. So obviously I moved a foot back and was right by the door. Kaya's taking kind of, it seems like forever. And um, flight attendants are so nice, so sweet. And the door shuts to the plane. And I'm like, what the flip? Well, meanwhile, while this is happening on the plane, I had filled out the paperwork. It took me a minute because I had to dig through some emails to get some special numbers and things like that. And so, but I filled it all out and the ticketing agent said, you know, do you have clear? I said, yes, I do. She said, well, thank God you'll be fine. Just head to clear and I'm going to call the gate agent and tell him that, that you you left here and you're on your way. It took, I don't know, the minutes I think went a little faster than normal because by the time that I was done, I was pushing, pushing time. Right. At that point. And I'm like, geez, where the heck did all the, where'd that hour go that we had? So, but I, I, so I quickly fill out the paperwork, 
gather my things and, and I go, nobody's in the clear line. I, I get to the clear guy and it wouldn't, it wouldn't recognize my print, my, my print. So I, I'm like, oh, so three of times you try. He says, well, let's try your eyes. Oh my so God. I get my eyes. Uh, Isn't tried, that creepy? We tried lotion. We tried everything and he gets my eyes. Finally, my eyes work. Then it says, in order for them to let me. Go oh, you have to pay. Yeah, I yeah. My, I forgot mine. I had to give him a credit card. Yeah. I friggin' totally forgot that. You're right. Mine expired. I update my thing. I was like, man. I said, dude. Like, I had. I was like, can I just go? And he's like, no, I can't let you. So then I had to drop my bag, ah! wallet, get my debit card, put it in there, and so that took some extra time. You know, just like all these little things were taking like extra time. Get it done. Get right to the line, and I get up there. And the guy kind of lets me cut in line. He says, they were he, so he nice. Thought the one line was open or this lady thought this one line was open. And he says, no, we haven't opened yet. You, you know, and she's like, oh yeah. So she says, well, here, do you just go right here as soon as he's gone? So it's well, this one guy at the very front kind of got away and I just put my things in. And so I put them on and let him go through and make sure I did everything right. I knew I had no water. I knew I took my laptop out. I knew I was going to be a okay. I didn't even have that much stuff. So, all my things go through, and like I described earlier, it was complete chaos there. I get through, and I'm just sitting here waiting, waiting, waiting. And all of a sudden, the lady in the red coat, uh, which is the supervisor for Delta, and anybody in a red coat is a supervisor, she's like, uh, Mr. Bierman, she says, do you have your things? And I said, they should be coming like right now. And she says, okay, like we have to go. They're holding the plane right now at this point. Like we, we should have already shut the door. And I said, okay, can, can you just like two more minutes? And she's like, yeah, that, that's fine. Just, you know, we got to kind of hurry. So I see one come through and it pauses up there. Oh, it's the worst feeling too. It's like, please God, just let it go. I'm like, why is it waiting? They're like, just come on. And so then this guy has to come and like push manually, push these other ones down because they're in the way and mine gets kicked over. And I'm like, no way. Cause I was, I was literally 20 bends deep. Oh yeah, of course. I would have, I knew I was going to, if it got kicked over, I was going to be there for at least 30 minutes and it gets kicked over. And I'm like, oh my God. So this, but this gentleman that was kind of shuffling the boards and moving around, I said, dude, I said, they're holding a plane for me right now. I have literally like one minute. Can you take my bin and like bump it ahead? These other people, I would really appreciate it. He's like, yeah, you know, sure. You know, he kind of didn't want to and kind of was agitated, but he was like, I'll do it. And, and so, but you have a way with people too. Like, do you mind doing it for me? And they're like, yeah, sure. I ended up having three bins. One was like real empty. It had my shoes. I don't even know why I didn't take everything with me. It was weird. Had my shoes and my laptop. The other one had this, uh, this other bag with, with our recording equipment for our podcast. It had some paperwork in it. And then another one had, I think my backpack. And so the record, the one with the, with the recording equipment, I could kind of understand because it's like cords and stuff, but I mean, not really like it should be fine. That got kicked over. The one with my laptop was my laptop was fine, and it was just my shoes. That got kicked over for what reason? I have no idea. And then my backpack that had nothing in it at this point because I'd taken everything out: laptop, right. paperwork. It was all kind of right there, there, hoping that I could just slide it on through. Gets kicked over. I'm like, there's there's nothing even in it. Like, what in the heck? So That's I probably why it got kicked over. Something was going on with the system. But so he he grabs all three, and she's like, you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. You got. We literally have like. 30 seconds and he's like scanning them kind of taking his time and i'm just like is it did the superintendent or why do i keep calling him a superintendent i've done it all week supervisor did they stay with you or she yeah, left yeah, and she went, right there oh that's the so time. nice they were so, so wonderful she, yeah and she had grabbed a couple things and she said okay as soon as he's done with your backpack you grab that and we're gonna run 
And so literally, as soon as he said, good to go, I just gra- I just scooped it all up. I didn't put anything away. I didn't even put my shoes on. And I just took off running, right, to help her out. Right. And so running through the airport to get to the gate, and I get to the gate, and the door is shut. And I'm like, no way. Like, maybe, like, she said they were holding it. So I'm like, okay, like, let's get this sucker open. And she just, you could just see the look on her face. And she was just like, she was kind of shaking her head. And she just was like. So sweet. Mind you, there's there's eight or seven of us on this plane. She just was shaking her head. So back to me now. So Kaya's in the bathroom. I'm kind of standing there. Like I said, the door was shut. And I'm like, what the hell? But then Kaya's like, mom, you know, I'm finished or whatever. And then the door reopens. So I automatically like assume I turn back to Kaya in the bathroom. I'm just kind of standing in front of the door. The door is not shut while she's in the bathroom. She's a little claustrophobic like I am. So the door is kind of open and I'm standing there and then I turn back around. The door opens and I'm like expecting Croy obviously to come on, but I see that it's this um, flight att- or a, what do you call him? Like a Delta Tommy. His name's Tommy. He's a Delta gate agent. Gate agent. I yeah, could not think agent. of it. A gate agent. And so I see his eyes kind of through the window. So I figured he was like bringing Croy on and the dog. So he opens the door and I'm wiping Kaya which is a process. And then she washes her hands. I have to wash my hands in the interim. I hear my kids like kind of getting pretty emotional, but then I, they seem to get like farther away. It was really weird. So as I'm washing my hands, I like stop and I look and all of my, my kids are off the plane. And so are my bags. I had left my big makeup bag, which is like literally probably two feet by at least a foot, a foot and a half high, just full of, you know, product makeup and stuff that was gone, which was in the front seat. The bins were opened, which were closed when I put everything in there and my kids are gone. The two, at least KJ and cash. I can't see Kane because he's, you know, he's, much smaller than them and he's and he's in row three closest to the window but i do see a gentleman that's in kaya's seat that i moved up from the main cabin and so i'm like what the flip i'm f***ing so mad and i also see brielle and ariana like walking off the plane as well and brielle's like what's going on what's going on i don't think they saw me because i was in the bathroom with kaya i don't think they like actually saw me brielle and ariana at this time she they were just like seeing they saw cash and kj or whatever get off at this point so they're like what the f-? they heard him crying and brielle and ariana like i said were in the first row behind first class but there's a big you know wall between the two so they can't see but i guess brielle had gotten up and like knew that kj was crying or cash was crying pretty heavily so she got up and kind of walked off with them thank god well i i kind of take kai i'm like kai come with me and i go and i check on kane to see if he's in the seat and he is i'm like kane come on what the hell like we gotta like get off i gotta go see where what's going on like i didn't know if something happened to crow i mean i didn't know what was going on so i got off and i'm like what happened and kj said the guy told us it wasn't an option we had to get off the plane i'm like are you f-ing kidding me i go bananas don't and so the the gate tommy who made this decision and made this call on his own uh ahead of or uh, the supervisors had said to hold the plane everybody made this call tommy who's beneath them in the order of employees or however you want to say it made the call on his own to close the door open the door remove the children nobody said i never said i wanted off the plane i did tell the boys that we're not going to leave without daddy which evidently after talking to the ceo of delta his assistant i guess he had said i didn't see kim or anything i just heard her say some things or whatever the pilot i'm sorry um i just i didn't see kim i just heard her say some things and so one of them being Something like, I'm not going to leave without daddy, or I don't want to leave without daddy, or whatever, which I did say to them to calm them down, but right. you're making an assumption, and you There's all know no what happens with that. There was no conversation with a flight attendant, with a gate agent, with a pilot, or anybody else that I ever wanted to get off this plane at any f***ing point. So the kids are now in this like tunnel, or in that like little, what? In the jetway. In the jetway. And um, they're standing there. 
So I am screaming at this gentleman named Kevin. Um, I said, I know you're not the person that took my children, but who the f- touches my children, removes my bags, removes my kid from a plane without a parent? Like, are you out of your f- mind like I am so upset I'm screaming he's like I totally understand where you're coming from Kim we're waiting on a supervisor they couldn't open the door because there was an international flight that had just landed so everybody was passing so they did not so we had to stay there for about 15 minutes it was just poor timing at this point and I am living I'm like I need answers and so mind you I'm thinking to myself right now I have eight flights that we have to rebook good fucking luck like, good luck. Happy cards are for all of your happy occasions, whether you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, wedding, or just want to say thank you. There is a thoughtful happy card for everyone. When you give happy cards, your lucky loved ones can use them at top rated brands like Sephora, LA Fitness, American Eagle, Saks Off Fifth, Barnes and Noble, and so many more. Happy cards make giving personal gifts easy and stress free by helping you give the gift of choice. Happy cards contain no fee, no stress, and they never expire, making it the perfect gift that anyone will love. For example, Happy Lady, The Cheesecake Factory, Saks Off Fifth, Panera, Sephora, Spa Finder, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Lord & Taylor. Like, that is the perfect happy card for me. Happy Moments is Regal Cinema, Sephora, The Cheesecake Factory, Red Lobster, Bed Bath & Beyond, Macy's, and Buffalo Wild Wings. That sounds like a perfect gift card for Ariana. I mean, there's Happy Guy, which is Home Depot, Buffalo Wild Wings, Burger King, Dell, McCormick & Schmick's, Lord & Taylor, and AutoZone, which is, I mean, what guy doesn't love all those? Anyways, you guys, for a limited time, they'll be giving free shipping on all Happy Card orders by visiting www.giftcards.com forward slash happy, or pick up one today at your local grocery store. Anytime is the right time to make someone happy with happy cards. So I'm, I'm livid. I'm beside cash is like hyperventilating. He's so upset. Of course, these kids are seven, six and five. And the seven and six year old, well, KJ just turned eight. Uh, over, he's over here telling me this. They're taking off the plane without a parent with a gentleman that they don't know. And they're like, what's going on? My mom nor dad are here, you know? So they're devastated. They finally see Brielle and Ariana, but they're still like, what's going on? And then Brielle and Ariana have no idea what's going on. Anyways, the plane door got shut and they took off. So finally, well, I. Meanwhile, too. So the door is shut and I get, as soon as I get there, door shut and I'm trying to gather my things. And I'm just like, and I'm like, you know, can we, is, is Megan, she says, you know, no, they shut the door, but hold on. I'm going to hold the plane. Give me a second. Uh, there's, there's something going on with an international flight. I think we, I think we can get you on. Just give me one second. I got to call the pilot. And so she's trying to call the pilot. And so she's like, don't leave, you know, cause I'm like, I'm like trying to gather my things. Like I got a little mess here and there. And, and so I'm just picking everything up and she's like, just hang tight, hang tight. And so I sit there for a couple minutes and she's just like, she looks at me and she's like, you know, no, you know, they, it looks like it's backing out. They're pulling the jetway in. I was like, oh my God. I said, all right. So, uh, I said, so I kind of, I kind of step away and I'm, I'm gathering all my things. And at that point, Kim calls me and I'm like, I'm like, babe, I, I said, they shut the door. I said, I was, I was about to just tell her I, I'm going to get on the next flight. I'll see you in like an hour. And I don't know how you told me, but you said, I said, I'm not on the fucking plane. Yeah. You're like, what are you? You're not on the plane. Said, what do you mean? You're not on the plane. I'm like, I'm not on the plane. I said, they took the kids off the plane. He's like, what the f- do you mean? Yeah. They took the kids off the plane. 
So I got into the story with Croy while I was on the jetway waiting for them to open the door. And when they finally opened the door, I pointed out Tommy DeCroy that this is the gentleman who, and now at this point, I had no idea that he overrode the supervisors, two of them and what they, the call that they made. Um, I had no idea at this point that he, that he did all these things. So I told Croy, this is the guy that removed the kids off the flight without me. Um, I was in the bathroom with Kaya. And so Croy went up to Tommy. Go ahead. Yeah, and I just was, I mean, I was quite aggressive and not, not, I mean, not like overly aggressive, like in his face or anything, but I, I walked right up to the line. I cut in front of somebody. I said, I said, dude, like, you I were a little know. aggressive. I said, dude, I need to know why you treated my family the way yep. you did and why they're off this flight. Like, yeah. Why did you take my family off this flight? And he wouldn't talk to me at all. He's like, um, there's a line. It's so unbelievably arrogant and entitled and, and so rude. rude. Uh, and so I just, I kind of got more and more aggressive in the sense that I said, dude, like I need answers right now. I said, I have to rebook eight tickets because you took them off my, off the flight. Like that makes no sense. Why are they off the flight? And, and so I said, you better call security right here right now. So you and I can talk if you're not going to talk. So I told him to call security and he kind of, he calls like, a police uh, and I said, dude, call security right now. So you and I can talk. And so he calls security shows up. He then kind of steps away Again, walking, very arrogant. You know how, how people kind of just strut and just pee, thought his shit didn't stink. And the kids are like still hysterical, hyperventilating, was, was disgusting. like so stressed out and, and upset about and confused. And quite frankly, they just cash in KJ both just wanted to see their, their dad. Like, yeah. So long, long, long story short, we'll wrap it up here for you guys, is Tommy, the gate agent, who is not a supervisor, made an insubordinate decision to close a door after his superior and supervisor had told him to hold the plane. Uh, they had clearance to hold the plane. They had spoken to the pilots and they had spoken to the tower. Both had cleared them to hold the plane uh, for an extended period of time to where I could have made it. And I would have made it had he not made his own decision. Uh, nobody had instructed him to take the kids off. He took it upon himself to take them off to cause they said, come with me. It's not an option. KJ's like, he's like, huh? And he's like, you two, come with me. It's not an option. Yep. So they're like, oh my God. So there was a couple things there. There was, you know, one, stranger danger. And two, it, it's not okay for you to remove children off a plane. Dumbass. No, or, or grab anybody's personal. Or grab any of my belongings. Unless like all of my bags. I had three, I had three or four of my bags taken off the plane by this gentleman. Right. Along with my kid, two of my kids. Um, and the other one was just crying in a seat. So, and I guess the guy that had moved up into Kaya's seat was like, dude, can you just relax? I guess when Ariana, uh, so, so anyways, the police come. Okay. So I go up. So the police, there's two of them. They split up and I'm telling this guy exactly what happened. I said, he took my children off the plane, you know, blah, my bags, blah, blah, blah. I'm going on. So in the meantime, Tommy, this other police officer, two of the supervisors, and then the guy, I think his name was Kevin that was in the jetway with me. Delta. Who was so sweet. He was in the jetway with me for those 15 minutes and I was yelling at him and I apologize every, you know, three minutes, but in those three minutes that I would yell were not nice. I was so upset. And so they, you know, the, the other officer comes back. I think the two police officers speak to talk together and he comes back to me and says, would you like to make, you know, a citizen's arrest? Um, regarding the kids or whatever. I opted not to do that. And the supervisors came up to us and this 
head supervisor of, of the supervisors or whatever, the big manager guy also was there. And they said, listen, let's figure out how we can get you guys on, you know, another flight. The 5 p.m. flight is booked. The red eye is actually booked, you know, as well. The only other flight that, we're, that we have available or the next available flight is going to be like 530 in the morning. So it's now at this point, like, you know, uh, 4.15, 4.30. And we're like, oh my God, 13 hours in an airport with, you know, little kids. Great. So we went upstairs to like the Delta Skycap area or whatever. And, and Brielle ran and got some food. Nobody had really eaten all day. We've been running around. And the supervisors came up and said, hey, you know, here's what we can do. They were so incredibly sweet, so kind, and apologized profusely for Tommy's actions and um, said, you know, in 10 words or less that I had every right to be upset that um, they understood the children being upset and, and it was basically uncalled for. I guess at this time, Brielle had tweeted some things too. So everybody's like, you have a sense of entitlement. I don't have any sense of entitlement. I, I definitely don't expect anybody um, at any point to touch my children, take my children off a plane, take my bags off a plane when there's no parent. Like it's totally unacceptable and unprofessional. And I only fly Delta. I've only ever really flown Delta Obviously, their hub is here in Atlanta, which is main reason why. But um, I just I've always flown Delta and I've never, ever been treated this way. So flabbergasted and just so upset and stressed. Now, after being on the road for six weeks and for this to happen, we just want to get home. Um, so. Uh, Delta went and tried to make some other arrangements with American Airlines to see if they could get us on their 1050 flight. They said they could get six of us on there and, and, you know, not the eight of us, but six of us on there in the very last row of the plane, like row 46 or something. I am like so claustrophobic, as you guys know. So that wasn't an option for me. I obviously called Bravo and we all spoke and Bravo got us on the 1050 flight with American Airlines in their premium, like their Delta Comfort per se. They did have eight tickets available there, which was great. So Bravo paid for those and we were on our way. That flight was delayed two hours. So we didn't end up getting home until 930 Sunday morning, exhausted and drained. Um, we slept till like four in the afternoon, uh, wake up Monday and I see that Delta has put out a statement that I elected to, to remove myself off which of an is, airplane, which, is, which I was flabbergasted. Yeah. Now I tweeted Delta had never been treated this way or whatever I said, uh, but the police are involved now because it's, it's, a criminal thing when you're taking children off a plane and people's bags and all this other stuff, but the legality of it, I guess. Um, we could have went in definitely one direction versus the other. Um, anyhow, so that's why I, I said that, and that's all I said. I didn't elaborate any more on my Twitter. I, quite frankly, I probably would have, but I was just exhausted and wanted to get home and was never so happy to be home, so I just wanted to move on at that, uh, at least on Sunday. So to see a company, a large corporation, um, say that I, you know, elected to remove my family off the plane, that they offered to rebook us on another flight, but we took it upon ourselves to book our own tickets. Um, and this big old statement, like, was well, whoever speaking had no clue of the situation or was insane to me, had no knowledge of the situation, uh, and had not read the internal reports. And they're still doing an investigation. And here we are still a week later, back and forth with, with, so we did get a call from, I guess Ed, who's the CEO of Delta, his personal assistant, who was incredibly kind. She heard our story, um, you know, agreed with my feelings. She's a mother as, as well. She said she can't imagine having her daughter, you know, taken off the plane without being there. Like, that's insane. Um, and that's that was the real the real problem I had was taking my children off a plane and I wasn't there. Like, 
these are little kids, dude. That's what got me so mad. It wasn't that I wasn't on this fucking flight. It wasn't that I was entitled because I was in first class. None of these things. Yeah, we paid thousands of dollars for these tickets. That's irrelevant. My biggest problem was you remove my children. I also am not dumb enough to know, like, to say, oh, okay, let's all get off because Croy can't make it. I definitely would have at least made a phone call to my husband and said, Hey, babe, you know what? They got to close the door. Do you want to get on the next flight or should I get off? I would have definitely at least done that or that makes zero sense. I would have, yeah. I mean, I, that, you, I'm just saying, like, right. my first thought would have been, I'm just going to stay and Croy will get the next flight because he can, he can even ride coach. It's not that big of a deal. Right. One person, one person, but you know, I definitely wouldn't have said, I definitely gave no indication whatsoever to anybody that I wanted off this flight. I've seen some like fake people say they were in different seats and that I was treated respectfully. And dude, you have no fucking idea what was going on. So all these fake Instagram accounts, there's a couple of them that keep getting deleted. Nothing happened on the plane. It all happened in the gym. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you have no idea. Right. Somebody kind of snuck on and grabbed our kids and took them off. Yeah. Like Like you weren't on the jetway because the door was closed to the plane. The plane was backing up. So on the plane, it all happened in the gym. Exactly. Right. Other than me saying to the kids when they were crying, when they started to get a little emotional, when we sat down and they're like, I said, we're not going to without daddy you guys don't worry like what else are you going to say to your children but other than you were treated respectfully by the flight attendant 100 percent right everybody mm-hmm. else was nice and they say yeah we're holding the plane for him he's coming you know and you know what even if they didn't hold the plane like that was a, such a kind yeah. gesture and and i've never had a plane held for me before in probably five years right. um it was such a kind gesture and i think because the flight had already been delayed 45 minutes um it wasn't as big of a it deal. wasn't as big of a deal to per se to delay it minutes. you know five minutes so so that was just a kind gesture on Delta's part. That is not something that they make a habit of ever doing. But like I said, I think because it was already delayed. So that, my friends, is the real story on the aircraft. What happened and why I got so upset. These fake Instagram accounts um, that are just so gross. Like they make me so fat and they make me bald or they make me whatever the fuck these people do. Um, I have some people that are seriously, sickly obsessed with me and my family to the point that that like it's almost scary. Um, these people have these, you know, fake tweets and Twitters and stuff like that that they do and, and whatnot, which has no bearing. But I'm just saying that nobody was on nobody was in the jetway when this was going on. So um, we're working with Delta to resolve kind of just the issue and um, at hand and um, they're doing their internal investigation. And I'll keep you guys updated. I should hear back uh, tomorrow. I guess Monday or Tuesday. So House of Kim is brought to you by MTV's The Real World Atlanta, streaming now only on Facebook Watch. The original reality show is back and streaming now only on Facebook Watch. MTV's The Real World Atlanta is the next true story of seven strangers picked to live in a house and have their hookups, screw-ups, apologies, fights, tears, voices, and lives streamed exclusively on Facebook Watch. It's the return of the first unscripted show in TV history that tackled gender, race, AIDS, taboo, life, death, addiction, Connection, acceptance and reality and it's being reinvented mtv's the real world atlanta is an all-new reality experience with content dropping daily and new episodes every thursday find out what happens when the next generation stops being polite and starts getting real again in facebook click on the facebook watch icon and search the real world on watch mtv's the real world atlanta streaming now only on facebook watch we'll be right back with house of kim Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. 
When your favorite show ends, Rob Sisternino is just getting started with post-show recaps on Podcast One. Sign me up. Join him for live interactive podcasts right after episodes of your favorite shows like Big Little Lies and Star Trek Discovery, plus Netflix original shows like Stranger Things and so much more. I want to see Stranger Things in the big city. I want some Chicago redemption. Okay, another Dick Wolf production, Chicago Stranger yes, Things. Yes. <laughs> Download new episodes of post-show recaps every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And now back to House of Kin. Anyways, you guys, never been so happy to be home. I feel like that was such a long story. Um, I'm going to jump right into the positive segment and save a couple of these things that happened in LA for next week's podcast. Keeping it positive. Enjoy, people. It's our positive segment. Turn that frown upside down. So you guys, I found this article um, online, Your Inner Voice, four reasons to listen to it. So uh, I find this article incredibly interesting and um, has a lot of very good lessons in it. Some questions, when you get into time of great stress, what keeps you going? After talking about this story and Delta, like what keeps you going? I think what keeps me going in times of stress, and this situation was incredibly stressful, is that I do believe at the core of my being that everything happens for a reason. And I feel like sometimes, you know, my patience is tested. I still don't know the rhyme or reason why that happened. Also to my children's defense, which I did not mention, um, cause we did talk like we don't go with strangers cause that was a little bit concerning to me. Croy has always had, you know, we've always had conversations with the kids and Croy's biggest thing with them is if it's a uniformed officer, um, then you do, you know, listen to them and, and that sort of thing. And so to them, Tommy was like a uniformed employee officer or whatever, just on a side note. But anyways, what keeps you going? A sense of duty, fear of failure, or the sheer joy of doing what you're doing? Your answer to that question will determine the quality of your entire life. So this lady was in fourth grade, right? And here's her story. When I was in fourth grade, I was very seriously, yet with great excitement, told my teacher, I'm going to be a writer when I grow up. And I expected him to mirror back my enthusiasm with great way to go. Instead, he replies, there's no money in that. You'll end up starving. It was like a huge pin being stuck in my birthday balloon. I was instantly deflated. What I've been so excited about accomplishing in my life was now a waste of time. And not only that, but I end up penniless and starving in the streets. My young mind was now in turmoil. Maybe it wasn't such a good idea after all, even though my inner voice said it was wrong. I decided I'd have to listen to my teacher and do something else in my life as writing was obviously a big mistake. It was a huge disappointment for me, but I knew my instructor wouldn't lie to me. Throughout my life, I have come across many other people who would also mirror my instructor's sentiments with there's no money in writing. I have a ton of books on how to write and a large number of them start off with there's very few people who can make a living by this. They would always reinforce the sentiments that I've heard all those years ago. I can't be a writer because there's no money in it. I still always had an interest in writing and every once in a while the desire to write would break my own resistance of knowing it was the wrong quote unquote thing to do. I wound up buying more books on how to become a great writer, but I never believed I could do it because I knew, quote unquote, there's no money in it. It's only recently that I realized that I was letting a limiting belief system be placed upon me. I was letting this myth I've heard all my life become true in my mind. How many limiting beliefs have you let be placed upon you just like this? The things we are told as children tend to stick with us forever. The good news is that our deepest desires also tend to stay with us for life. We just seem to be better at denying our inner voice, describing our greatest dreams, and end up believing in the limited beliefs. If you have a deep desire that you've been stuffing down for years because you were told something like, something like I was, I'm sorry, here are four main reasons why you need to listen to your inner voice and not be influenced by outside forces. Again, let's go back to Hardin, Montana, you know, how less than 3,000 people. 
Croy in the NFL, one out of 1,600 people make it, you know, or 1,600 people a year play. Croy was one of those people, one out of 1,600. Do you know how many people try to make it in the NFL? Same thing with being on television. I wanted to be on TV. We were the first reality show here in Atlanta. In 2007, we started filming. So, and it's still the number one show on Bravo today. So my point is, my parents used to say, oh, that's great, sweetie, that you want to be on television. That's really fabulous. And I knew I didn't want to be an actress. I've always known that as well. I just knew I wanted to be on TV somehow. And reality wasn't a thing back then. So my parents were like, that's great, sweetie, but you you know, you know, have to have something to fall back on. So that's why, obviously, like I've told you guys in the past, but I went to nursing school. So anyways, number one, it's very narrow and closed-minded to, to say things, there's no money in it, to say things like there's no money in it, it's a mistake. If all authors had believed that, then there'd be no Stephen King, no Joanne Harris. One of her favorite writers is a Blackberry Wine, a novel. No Shakespeare, no Hemingway. I mean, I could go on and on and on. These people did not listen to anyone, um, and it led them to their own success. Number two, there's always more than one option. If there's something you absolutely love doing, there will be numerous options of what you can accomplish it with. Take writing. My teacher instantly assumed I meant that I wanted to be a novelist. But there are so many other forms of writing. If there were no writers, because we all believed it was a bad career choice, there would be no movies, no TV shows, no newspapers, magazines, speeches, advertisements, etc. A novelist is just a tiny part of the whole writing world you'll find you can use it in so many different ways. As you explore your interests, you open new ideas and exciting doors to yourself. We've also had no idea what technology would bring us in the future. My grade four instructor had no idea that the internet would even exist at some point in the future and that there would be another venue for quote-unquote writers. This is a really cool story, and I actually have this book. Someone who illustrates this point really well is a Japanese woman named Marie Kondo. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but anyways, you'll know who she is in a second. She said since she since she was five, her passion has always been tidying and organizing. I'm sure her parents didn't see any possible career with that except maybe possibly being a maid or something like that. Even now, when she tells people what she does, they reply, can you actually make money doing that? Yet she's been able to create a very, very successful career for herself from that passion. She developed an organization method system called KonMarie. She's written a best-selling book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. I have that book. I think almost everybody does. Her speaking engagements sell out within hours, and there's a three-month waiting list to become an actual client of hers. It's actually a really good book, by the way, you guys. I highly recommend it. Number three, money is not the right focus. When this lady was visiting Hawaii, she went through a little market that had been set up in the parking lot. There was one stall that stood out to her. It had beautiful silver jewelry. She had bought one of the bracelets, and while talking with the artist, she told them that she was really a lawyer, but she never really enjoyed it and had a passion to follow making silver jewelry. The joy and enthusiasm from this lady was amazing. Yes, she's given up a pretty much guaranteed good salary, but she was so much happier now. She said everyone has told her she was crazy for what she was doing. She continued on that. She's just gotten her jewelry into a local boutique, and her sales were taking off. By following her passion, she was still going to be able to make a quote-unquote good living, yet enjoy her life so much more than doing what was quote-unquote expected of her. Think about it. What would, you, what would you rather be? The person who is just glowing from loving life or the person who has quote-unquote a good job but hates it? Too many people are stopped in their tracks because they're told there's not enough money in a particular field. So instead, they choose to be lawyers or doctors or nurses like myself or something else where they're supposed to be money for your efforts. Too often, though, the person ends up with that career but not happy. Money cannot bring happiness. If you follow your true passion, the money will come. You'll probably be far happier even if you're making less than spending your whole life in a job that does not fulfill you. You're letting somebody else make your life decisions for you. We all have destinies and things we want to explore in our time on this earth, and by listening to these senseless comments, 
comments, we are letting somebody else tell us how we should live our life. Resentment, frustration, and always that feeling that quote unquote, maybe if you tried will most likely be the final result or you'll always feel somewhat unfulfilled. You may have a new career, but you'll always wonder or feel like there's something you should have done. You're the one who knows what what real interest you have and what you have it in. You owe it to yourself to follow what brings you fulfillment and joy. Isn't that what life is all about anyway? Society loves to tell us how to live our lives. Isn't that the damn truth, especially on social media and what's best for us, but we're the ones, the only ones that truly know what is the true path we're supposed to follow. Don't ever let the mist deter you. Dig deep down inside you. Recall those dreams of your past and follow your passion. I promise you will never regret it. I'd rather be a failure at something I love than a success at something I hate by George Burns. So I find this so incredibly amazing because I feel like, you know, first of all, let's talk social media is just a highlight reel of the highest moments in your life. Like, do you think I'm going to post an ugly picture of myself? Or do you think I'm going to like when I'm at the beach, I'm going to post a really great picture of myself? Or, you know, I've taken 25 to get there. You know, it's just a highlight reel. So at the end of the day, just when you're looking at social media, just keep that in the back of your mind that we all pretty much do that. Little Caesars large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza with all the extra cheese and the most pepperoni all at the nation's best price just got way cheesier. And if you're thinking that we stuffed the crust, oh boy, did we stuff the crust. There's three feet of cheese in that crust before cooking. The extra most bestest stuffed crust pepperoni pizza for only $9. Now there's even more to love about Little Caesars. Come on in and pick it up. Extra most bestest stuffed crust pepperoni pizza today or order on their app. Only $9 and only at participating Little Caesars locations. Plus tax where applicable. Claim of extra cheese and most pepperoni all at the nation's best price is based on a comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars extra most bestest pizza and the other three pizza chains large round standard menu one topping pepperoni pizza sold at everyday menu prices. So, you know, I wanted to be on television so bad. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but like I said, there was no reality television. And then when I went back to Housewives a couple years ago, something that I've always dreamed of of doing and, and being on, aside from my own show, of course, which is the ultimate high and the ultimate dream, it didn't make me happy. And being offered another contract and more money or whatever never would have made me go back. You know, I, I always say never say never, but it's, I love being like in front of the camera and just being myself. And I love fashion and I love sharing tips. And so all I've I've been able to do all of that on Housewives. It's kind of what the show's about. Um, but I also had to make the decision, like, this doesn't make me happy. I'm super stressed. And like, this is not who I am anymore. So I also am always open to going on different career paths or going in different directions. I'm always open to that. Even if I'm not feeling like I want the change, like when I was on Housewives, I didn't necessarily want to be off Housewives. But then one day I just walked off. I never knew that I was going to get offered um, Don't Be Tardy. I never knew my family would have their own show at that point. I was offered that several weeks later. I just wasn't happy anymore. And thankfully, obviously, my husband had a great job. And so I didn't have to worry about that. And I still didn't have to go back to Housewives two years ago. But I thought, oh, everybody's changed. And this is what I love to do. And it's going to be fun to be back with the girls. And it was totally different than what I expected. But my point is, is that, you know, you you often limit yourself. A lot of parents, and, I, and I'm big on this with my kids, my parents the one thing that I that I definitely am thankful for is that they never put any any limits on me as far as who I wanted to be, where I wanted to go, what dreams I had. They definitely weren't like dream killers. Um, and I'm thankful for that. And I've incorporated the same with, with our children. You know, I never want to my kids to be who I think they should be. You know, I want them to be who they're meant to be. So and I want them to follow their dreams, even if it's something like 
you know, UFC because Cash wants to box so bad. And last week that boxer, God bless him, 28 years old, died after I think 11 rounds or something. And I was like, Croy, God, I hope Cash doesn't choose boxing. But, you know, I would never deter him from doing that. It's just like shit. So as parents, we do have a hard job in trying to keep our opinions and thoughts to ourselves, especially knowing a little bit more. We can obviously guide them, but um, can't control them. So anyways, if something inside of you is speaking to you, you feel this intense intense urge or desire, follow it. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, who would have thought tidying and organizing, this little girl loved it at age five, that she would have such a successful career after all these years and like a huge book. I think it's a New York Times bestseller. It's an awesome book. It's an easy read, you guys, and it's super informative and it cleans up your life. So anyways, don't limit yourself, you guys. Listen to your inner voice. I think a lot of times too with social media, I've been off social media quite a bit in the last six weeks because I've been traveling and been with my family. I feel a little bit out of the loop, but you know, take a break from social media, sit outside, you know, in the sunshine, take 20 minutes. I think we all book our days and fill our days up so much that we don't even listen to that inner voice anymore because we have so much going on in a day. So try to find some time in a day to listen to yourself and your voice. There's a lot of apps that can help you meditate, quiet your mind and teach you how to do it. I I speak of it, but yet I have yet to master it. So we'll all work on it together. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. And you know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. And the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop right up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you. Together, you can ask questions and even get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Anyway, now on to the golden nugget, you guys. It's the golden nugget. You win. So I'm going to share a little secret with you and I'll tell you why. So we're going to talk about lysine, L-Y-S-I-N-E. Um, it's a supplement, you guys. I'm going to talk to you about all the, all the benefits about it. My mom used to get cold sores like every month on her lip, like this one spot or maybe every other month or something. And I don't know who told her to take lysine, but she took it every day. And she, I guess the last time I spoke to her, but it was, had been 10 years since she had ever gotten another one. And so I've always known that that was kind of a good thing for any kind of, you know, if you're weakened immune system or something viral going on, a cold, whatever it is. So L-lysine, you guys, um, protects against and treats cold sores. It blocks the, um, I can't think of it, uh, that creates the cold sores. I can't think of it. But anyways, it, basically, but that's not the word. Okay. Um, it reduces anxiety by blocking the stress response receptors. It improves calcium absorption and even retention, can promote wound healing by helping your body create more collagen. You guys, there are so many benefits to lysine. Lysine may be used as a weight loss supplement as well. Um, together with, with its fatty acid, the supplements may help to burn calories, giving the body necessary source of energy. It's an amino acid that also boosts your energy level um, and supports your digestive system. It is really has so many benefits 
beyond when I was in Vegas, I, my tongue hurt so bad. I had an inflamed taste bud like on one spot. And then I would like pull it off of the tweezer, which I don't even know if you're supposed to, but I do. Corey told me to do it and Tracy. So I do it, but it's painful as fuck. And then another one would pop up and then my tongue was swollen on both sides and it was kind of overlap overlapping on my back teeth a little bit now. And I would sometimes like, I didn't, I felt like I was choking on it, but I also felt like I was like, had a lisp and whatever. So it bothered me greatly. And I was, I felt like I was like swallowing razor blades. So I took the Z pack. My tongue got a little bit better. We drove to LA two days into LA, my other side of my tongue. And it was pretty bad this time. I just wasn't really saying much to anybody. And it just was like really bothering me. So anything that was acidic wine, Diet Coke, anything like that would, it was like somebody was just putting a firecracker on my tongue. Well, I get home and I'm like, dude, Croy, my tongue like really hurts. And so like really bad. So I have him look at it and it's got like bumps, but not like blisters or not like, I don't know, weird. So I had went to the doctor and got uh, IV glutathione, which helps your body as well, detox your body. And my doctor's like, let's see what happens, you know, kind of after that. And then the next morning I went to my chiropractor and she was like, hey, take lysine, take a thousand milligrams, like as soon as you get home. Well, guess what? I did. And I took it that night and I took it the next day and the next day and it's gone. My tongue's completely healed. So if you're in a position where you know, like in Vegas, where you're not going to be sleeping as much as normal because you're a gambler like me or and you're up and you're doing all these other things, you know, take it. Um, I recommend taking a thousand milligrams a day. I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be, but Google it. You guys look at the benefits. If you do suffer from herpes simplex one or two, um, from what I understand that it will prevent, um, I think you have to take, there's a protocol for that. You can Google it. Um, it will help with that as well for people naturally. I know there's a lot of other things that can help with that, but, um, so that's just a little, habit of information that I wrote down to share with you guys because my tongue hurts so fucking bad. And who would have thought like taste buds and like just every, it's just a sign of inflammation in general. So anyways, you guys, um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening to House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Beerman. Catch new episodes weekly exclusively on podcastone.com on the Podcast One app and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you love the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review. The sponsors for this episode of House of Kim are FabFitFun. Check out FabFitFun.com and use code Kim for $10 off your first box. Ruggable. Go to MyRuggable.com slash Kim and 50% off your order and free shipping will be automatically applied to your order. MTV's Real World Atlanta. The Real World Atlanta is streaming now only on Facebook Watch. Happy Cards. For a limited time only, please enjoy free shipping on all Happy Cards ordered by visiting GiftCards.com slash Happy. Little Caesars. Come on in and pick up the extra most bestest stuffed crust pepperoni pizza today or order it on their app and true car for a better way to sell or trade in your car check out true car today hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official etf of the ncaa the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.